you know, the digital pitch kind of founders weren't able to fly. Everyone was really worried about what was going to happen the past couple of months. But the digital pitch actually accelerated uh, the fundraising process. We saw that the time it takes to close a round was cut in half compared to the same data really? collected pre-COVID. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. The tech ecosystem is changing so rapidly. We've never seen faster rate of change. Meet Yael Benjamin, the founder of Y Benjamin Strategic Marketing. Yael is the founder of Startup Snapshot, a data sharing platform working to increase transparency in the startup ecosystem. Former investment banker turned strategic advisor to innovators, she is on a mission to bring the same level of analysis she saw in the corporate world to startups, but in the flexible time frame and formats that they need. With over a decade of experience in the industry, she has worked with hundreds of startups, helping them raise over a billion dollars and counting. Yael Benjamin, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we're going to talk about the Israeli ecosystem. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the times in the show, we're talking about the, the different values and the different things that we're seeing and the trends. But now we're actually going to go down to numbers because through Startup Snapshot, you're actually coming scientifically in a data-driven way, trying to understand what is happening around us. And, I, and I'm so excited to dig deep into that. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about you know, what Startup Snapshot is, this project. And then I would love to hear, before we get into the details, how, you, how you've actually you know, been bringing your expertise from your previous organizations into this project. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Startup Snapshot started about a year and a half ago. Um, for the past 10 years, I've been working with startups, helping them prepare for fundraising, go to market strategy, um, basically taking my experience from before I worked before in investment banking. And how do we kind of take that same methodology and uh, processes, but condense them for startups. So I've been working with a lot of startups, helping them, you know, uh, prepare to pitch investors, prepare to penetrate new markets. And I saw that the same questions were coming up again and again. So you know, it could be in terms of benchmarks for fundraising, best practices. A lot of the questions back in the day were around secondary transactions. You know, at what stage can, can founders start selling? What's acceptable? And I saw that there was no organization that was collecting this kind of data. And, you know, coming from the public markets, I like to depend on, you know, I'm used to having a lot of uh, market research reports and analyst reports and basically coming up with conclusions based on that. So I said, okay, you know, let's start collecting a little bit of data. Um, I reached out to my network and I saw that there was a lot of, I don't know if to call it demand, but you know, the, the startups were really sharing um, and they were happy to share their data and their insights and how they were doing things. And I think they felt, you know, kind of comfortable because it was anonymous. So I said to them, you know, um, share your insights. And then once I collect everyone's data, I'll share the insights with the entire community. And that's kind of how the project started. Uh, really you know, really fast 400 companies, I think it was in the beginning, wow. shared 400 founders shared all their, you know, kind of uh, private data about fundraising, um, go to market. Yeah. Secondary transactions, options. So I said, okay, there's, there's some kind of a need here. So that's, that's the way it started. 
incredible. And so you're taking, you know, you're taking this really sensitive data that people don't really enjoy sharing, you know, the whole, in, you know, in private companies, but by anonymizing it, by creating a win-win situation where what goes around comes around, if you share a little bit of your data, well, you're going to get a lot more from the ecosystem and it's just going to help you grow. And I think that's fascinating. And so how does your experience from investment banking and coming from these worlds, how did it help you strategically think through what, do you, what questions to even ask or what would be interesting for people? People in the Israel ecosystem to want to know. Definitely. So I, I always come. I always came from the fundraising side. So that was kind of uh, the first step for me to understand. You know, um, how long was the process taking? What was happening in the term sheets? Um, different. You know, kind of metrics and benchmarks. But then I started talking to a lot of VCs that I was working with, startups I was working with, and kind of asking them what are the pain points or, you know, what do you need visibility on? And that's how. That's how we came to the list of questions. And we've released three reports already. We're starting to work on the next one. And every time, what's, what's really great is that it's really relevant to what's happening at that same moment. So let's say COVID um, you know, started back in March. Really fast, we collected data from a couple of hundred startups. And then we shared wow. the insights with the entire community. And everyone was able to see, you know, in such an uncertain time, um, what was happening and what other startups were doing, kind of make better decisions that way. Incredible. Okay, so I'm, I want to spend the majority of the time getting to know the Israel ecosystem really, really well. And this is going to be fascinating. So, so walk me through a few of the major insights that you've gained, uh, surprising or not. And, and I'd love to also give the rationale of, of why, that's, why, why that's the case and what is sort, some sort of, you know, the thinking process that goes on behind that. Yeah, so I can tell you, you know, the most relevant things are from the last report that we just launched a couple of weeks ago. So if we take, for example, on the fundraising side, um, so we checked term sheets, we checked uh, statistics, kind of the process, and we saw that, you know, the digital pitch kind of founders weren't able to fly. Everyone was really worried about what was going to happen the past couple of months, but the digital pitch actually accelerated uh, the fundraising process. We saw that the time it takes to close around was cut in half compared to the same data really? that was collected pre-COVID. Um, and obviously there's a lot of money in the market. So that's one, you know, one driving force, but the other is the digital pitch that now you don't have to drive multiple times to, you know, to California to meet with a VC and manage the due diligence process. But you can have a full global roadshow, you know, from the comfort, comfort of your office in Tel Aviv. And I think, um, from our stats, 41% of the startups said that they never met their investors face to face. Really? That closed around in the past nine months. And it's, Incredible. It's, so it's a huge opportunity and it's, you know, opening up new sources of capital, accelerating the fundraising process. But it's also, you know, especially for early stage startups, it's introducing kind of new challenges. So one of the challenges, we interviewed a lot of startups and one of the challenges we saw was how to create credibility. So for an early stage startup, you know, you don't have, it's not like in the US that someone says, you know, I studied in Stanford or Harvard or some kind of stamp, you know, stamp of approval. So an Israeli entrepreneur, is uh, pitching investors that they don't know abroad. They don't have traction yet. They don't have a big VC backing them. A lot of them, you know, maybe even have some kind of a prototype. They don't have a full product yet. So how do you create the sense of credibility? And that's, um, that's, that's a really interesting topic. We just had an event on that with um, some great entrepreneurs. We, remember we spoke about that Tommy from Magical shared his approach. Um, so kind of entrepreneurs had to adapt and find creative ways on how to create this credibility. 
Incredible. And so as you're as you're uncovering these stories and, and these statistics, it sounds like you're actually taking it a step further and then actually digging deep with with founders that are going and trying to explain how these trends are looking, right? Definitely. So we collect the data on the one hand, um, and it's really nice. I put together a team of partners that works on this together because in the end of the day, you know, um, the more data we get, the better it is for everyone. So a couple of big players in the ecosystem kind of really backed this initiative. Um, I have to thank Ifat Oron. She was back in the day, she was the CEO of Lumitech and now she's opening up the office of Blackstone in Israel. So she really, you know, kind of saw the need in this and, and backed it and help, helped us collect a lot of data. Um, Intel Ignite, now Fiverr, a couple of big organizations. So we collect a lot of data, but on the other hand, we also interview a lot of startups from different stages, depending on, you know, what's relevant at that time and kind of get their insight and try to understand the more qualitative insights behind it and how they're, you know, what's their take on kind of the data point we're collecting. Very, very cool. Okay. I, I need some more statistics. Teach <laughs> me more. Um, so an interesting thing in the last report, because we looked into early stage startups, what's one of the biggest challenges, um, you know, for early stage startups these days, it's competing over talent. The Israeli ecosystem is becoming very expensive. Um, it's rivaling, you know, salaries in Silicon Valley. We found because of the rising value of the shekel this past year, you know, it versus the dollar, there was a huge jump in, in 2020. So 13% of them had to hire employees abroad and another large percent turned to outsourcing. So for early stage startups, it's kind of a way to, you know, to scale and to grow. And, and we got a lot of great insights from Micha, the CEO of uh, Fiverr, because they were our partners on it. And, you know, he says it best. He says that this next decade is going to be really focused on how to integrate those freelance, you know, uh, workers into the companies because there's a huge reliance. I think more than a third of the companies said that half their workforce is freelance of these really? stage startups. Yeah. And when you say early stage startups, what, what stages are you talking about? So, so we categorized it based on, you know, amount of funding. So those that raised into, until 10 million. So that was until the cutoff. Wow. And so this is, and this is the most recent report, right? Yeah. That's from and, the past couple of months. And so uh, now, did this question come up in the previous reports or is this something that is new due to the emergence of the gig economy? So I think it was definitely accelerated um, by COVID. And, and now that it's, you know, possible to work remote. So everyone's saying, you know, the Israeli ecosystem is really expensive. It's positive, you know, it's positive, possible to hire remote employees. So why not kind of leverage this trend? And a lot of companies are keeping their core, um, you know, their core capabilities in-house, but kind of supporting it with a whole range of freelancers on the outside. And it's also, you know, besides for the flexibility and the cost savings, it's also enabling them, if we're talking about credibility before, kind of how do you create credibility abroad? So, you know, now you have some kind of a webinar, you can get, you know, a team of freelancers to create a really professional editing company video kind of packaging for this webinar. And you seem like a much bigger company than you really are. So now early stage companies can kind of brand themselves and, you know, kind of scale, but they don't have to keep everything in-house. So right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Talk to me about secondaries. This is a topic that is definitely under discussed and is, is some, some sort of a, it feels like a black, black hole that, that uh, you know, we don't really know and don't really publicize about, yet it's obviously something that is, you know, uh, occupying a lot of investors, a lot of founders, a lot of employees. What, 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 are, what are secondaries, first of all? And then, and then what, what, have you, what have you learned about secondaries in the market? Yeah. So, you know, general overview, it's 
usually when you're starting a startup, you get some sort of, you know, the founder or the team that has options can kind of cash out when there's a liquidation event, when you're selling the company, when you have an IPO, um, any kind of, you know, final transaction that's happening. And it's become more acceptable nowadays that the founders or employees, we're saying senior management, cashes out a bit before. And as we're moving, you know, in the past couple of years from startup nation to scale up nation, you have to give the kind of the management team that's putting in all this hard effort, some sort of breathing, you know, breathing room, kind of give them incentive to keep growing and keep growing these big companies um, and not just, you know, starting a startup and selling quickly within a couple of years. So it's interesting. We gathered data on this about a year and a half ago. So what I have to say, honestly, for that isn't so relevant, but, you know, we're now starting a new data collection effort. So I think we'll include that. And then we could compare in the past year and a half with all the craziness, you know, that's happened. What's, uh, what's the benchmark? Were there things that came up that were really surprising, something that you think that the average entrepreneur wouldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily understand or, or have intuition about? Hmm. Um, I think the things that we're collecting, yeah, it's, it's sort of benchmarks. Let's say now um, it was always common practice for an entrepreneur, for one of the founding team to move abroad. So, mm. you know, what do you do in COVID the past couple of months or the year, past year, you know, um, less, less entrepreneurs are moving abroad. So an interesting trend we saw is the rise of the remote first organization, which that's kind of a, a shift in thinking where everyone in Israel is always like, you know, I have to be in New York, I have to be in London, I have to be in Silicon Valley, but is there room for this new type of organization where the whole management team, you know, Super Social was interviewed in our report, and that's a great example. I think they have 25 employees from 25 different countries, and everyone is sitting, yeah, everyone's sitting separately, and the company managed to raise a lot of funding, grow really quickly, and it's just a different way of thinking. It was a strategic decision from day one, and that's even when things go back to normal, you know, Yonatan, the CEO says, that's kind of our vision going forward. Very, very cool. So as you go, and I'm guessing now you're working on your fourth report, right? Yeah. So if so anyone has, you, if you have any ideas or if anyone has any topics that they want to include, then definitely feel free to reach out. So that's a good segue to my, to my question. So as, as you're now going about your fourth report and it's, your, you know, it's, it's proper data, you know, data collection, data science and, and it sounds like a very difficult thing to do as well, especially normalizing all the data. How have you evolved your thinking through these reports as you're now approaching your fourth one, now more on the strategic level? How, how have you changed your thinking? Yeah, um, I think, you know, the days of like these heavy reports, kind of top down market overview, you know, like the 60 page reports, those days are kind of gone. And I want to find ways to make this, these insights or these tips, like the, the data coming from the ground, from the, from the founders themselves, to really make it more accessible to everyone. So I think that's the direction that it's going of, you know, how do we give more entrepreneurs access to this content, but not just, you know, data points, but more what can they do with it? What's a story of a founder like them? How did he tackle this kind of an issue and what you can do going forward? So I think it's... Right. And, and, and about, tell me about the accessibility of this information and how you're, how you're thinking through, you know, who, who reads this, why they read this, when they read this. Yeah. So, you know, from, from the efforts that we've had so far, it's a lot of founders that are kind of looking to see, you know, before they're making an important decision to say, okay, what's happening in the ecosystem, you know, what are other companies doing? And a lot of also general ecosystem players, a lot of VCs, a lot of, you know, all the um, accounting firms, law firms, 
So it's just a general, I think a general awareness kind of, of what's happening in the market today. Cause until today, a lot of the data was very siloed. Right. Um, so a lot of the, let's say the VC funds would kind of collect it for their own entrepreneurs. And it was yeah. based on that specific data, but it was accessible also to those entrepreneurs and there wasn't totally. a full market approach to it. I mean, I'm thinking about all the different questions that I, that I get up and ask and I don't have the answers to them. And that's exactly what I tell the people, uh, but they're asking me a lot of these types of questions. Is it, is it acceptable to start a company remote? Is it acceptable to sell secondaries at this stage? Is it acceptable to raise this amount of money or to bootstrap until this point? Because, you know, a, a lot, it sounds to me that a lot of the things that we're, we're experiencing uh, is through the media and through the articles and the newspapers, which don't tend to really tell the full picture of what the ecosystem is like, right? They, they often even tell the outliers and the edge cases that aren't mm. conforming to the normalcy. Definitely. And, and in the end, you have to remember it's, it's press. So, you know, it's telling a story with a certain, uh, certain kind of twist to it. Right, right. And, and so it sounds like you're doing a, a big service to especially a lot of the younger and, and, and perhaps less experienced entrepreneurs that are trying to even figure out how does the world work? And as and, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about, you know, with entrepreneurship and with leadership in general, as you progress with your company, you're, you ha you're encountered by these new problems that you've never had done before. The better you are or the more you succeed, the less experienced you become because you have to deal with new challenges and, and reports like these can actually be really, really beneficial. So, so thank you for doing that. And I'm excited to read them on my own. I, I think it's also that the markets nowadays are evolving so quickly. Like, you know, back in the day, you can say, you know, this is the way it's been done for the past, you know, five, six, seven years, but that's not, it's not relevant anymore. You know, now things are happening in short bursts of, this is a situation for a couple of months, you know, think about half a year ago, how we saw the world and how we're seeing the huge jump in investments now and, you know, kind of the frenzy in the market. So it's, it's really short kind of sprints and you have to know what's relevant, kind of hop on the wave in that very short amount of time. 100%, 100%. Yeah, this was so wonderful. Thank you for sharing those Thank insights you. with me. I really enjoyed it. I have a few more questions, not about a startup snapshot and not about a, this, this data a collection, but, a, but it's more about you. And I want you to take me back to your childhood. Tell me what, what ooh, really ooh. fascinated you as a kid? What perhaps a favorite yeah. subject, a passion hobby? Wow. So for me, I was always like a literature nerd in the end. Um, I studied even in undergrad, I studied psychology and literature. So for me, it was like going to English class, you know, I like everyone was reading the cliff notes and I was really reading the books for fun. And that's until today, like when I, I find a really good book and I can say, okay, now, you know, this weekend, I don't want to do anything besides for finish this book. And that's a, that's amazing for me. Really, really cool. And some figure of inspiration or role model throughout your journey, professionally or personally? Um, I, I think Stefan Sagmeister. Um, he's a really famous Austrian graphic designer. And, you know, now that I'm working, it's funny because I'm from like the business, you know, I'm helping startups with fundraising. But a lot of the work that we do, I have a team of graphic designers. So a lot of the work that we do is how do we take, you know, boring stats and turn them into kind of use infographics, use illustrations, use different design elements to turn them into something interesting. And that's what, um, that's what he does. He had an amazing exhibit, The Happiness Project, I think it was called, or something like that, where he took data on what makes someone happy. And then he used different, you know, like graphic design elements to show it. And it was... Very, it. very, very cool. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Ah, three words. Um, I think ambitious. Because when I decide on something, it takes me maybe time to decide. But when I decide, I, I go for it. Um, I would hope generous. 
you ask the friends and family around me, um, and, and energetic. A lot of sports, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> Yael, Tudaraba. Thank you very, very Thank much. You. This was wonderful. Um, the reports, I mean, they, they really are doing a, a great service, I think, to the ecosystem. And especially as, you know, if things, as things are changing much quicker than before at, a, at an accelerated pace, uh, I think it's going to become more and more relevant for us to, to keep a strong foothold on what's happening and be able to even just think through these trends and understand, are we happy with these trends? Are we not happy with these trends? You know, then these are impacting the entire ecosystem and not just every startup on its own. And so thank you for the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having Wonderful. me. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye.